Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host, Simon Fink, and welcome to episode 239. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We've got a wonderful guest today in the form of Aussie pop star, Conrad Sewell. Before we get to our chat with Conrad, make sure you go and subscribe to the podcast, leave a review or rating if you'd like, as that really helps get the name of the pod out there. Also, while you're online, please follow us on all of our socials. You can find those details in the show notes of today's episode. Today's guest is Conrad Sewell. The Aussie singer-songwriter has returned after a few years away and out of the spotlight. Fans would know Conrad for his ARIA award-winning track, Start Again, that basically saw him travel the globe and play to quite a few people worldwide. He also supported artists like Ed Sheeran and Maroon 5. Conrad is now back with a brand new studio record in the form of Precious. It is a beautiful record. I feel like every artist's most recent work is kind of their most special and closest to their heart, but I feel like it might just be, it might ring a little bit more true for Con, who basically his everything has gone into this record. He's discussed previously how he wanted to make a record that was more of a true embodiment of who he is as a musician and a songwriter and a singer. And I think with this record, he has done a beautiful job of that. Um, It's a record that you can hear the electricity in the room from these sessions, that these songs, that they're, it's almost like he's tried to take that live energy and and chemistry that you get from a a real show and put it onto, onto tape, onto a record. These musicians and songwriters who have contributed to this record, you can tell that they absolutely love what they're doing. In today's episode, we are chatting to Conrad about why making this record was so important to him and and his thoughts on the results and how it came out. We are are discussing the all-star band that he kind of put together to execute the record and some of the guidance that he found along the way with it. We also discuss uh, the biggest change in his life, which was becoming a dad over the last number of years, and when we can expect to see Conrad back on the road in Australia. All of his social details and where you can find and purchase Precious can be found in the show notes. And we want to say a massive thank you to Anastasia at Sony Music Australia for her help with today's episode. Here is our chat with Conrad Saul. This song is yours, Conrad Sewell. Hello, sir. How are we? I'm, I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. I'm, I'm excited. I haven't done many podcasts, so this is, a, this is, a, this is a, you know, one of the first for me, which is nice. Oh, well, thank you very much for um, allowing us to hopefully be a positive experience for that. We'll wait. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you to fill out a questionnaire at the end and see how the experience goes. 
Um, are you a big podcast person in general? Do you listen to many podcasts? I list, I've started to listen to a few, yeah. I mean, in the last couple of years, um, just like, you know, just the classic ones like Joe Rogan and, um, you know, there's a few ones more more on the uh, self-development stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I dive into it. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. I do, I do, um, do like listening to them. There is a certain... Um... I feel like there's there's a kind of it's one of those things where there's something for everyone and if you want to yeah uh, self improvement I find that I tend to listen to a few that help me to sleep if that kind of makes sense that there's some people just have very soothing voices that help you trail yeah, off or, yeah yeah no I love it. I mean love going for a long walk putting in a podcast it's uh it's a get you in a good headspace so hopefully this hopefully this is one of them for other people. <laughs> Exactly. If I'm putting anyone to sleep, I apologize. Hopefully that is not the case because um, this new album from yours is definitely not a, a quiet record. It is a beautiful piece of work, mate. Um, there's a new record out from you called Precious. It's out now. Firstly, congratulations. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate that. It's, it's, uh, I poured pretty much everything I have into this one, so it's, it's nice to, um, to hear that you, know, you enjoyed it and I hope, I hope everybody else is enjoying it. Uh, I, I'm pretty certain that there's so many people that are very happy that it's out right now. Um, you've got a very dedicated and loyal fan base. Mm. Is there, I guess, on releasing new music anytime, regardless of whether it's an album, an EP, single, is there nerves in terms of how, how it's going to be received by that very loyal and loving fan base? Um, not really. I, I mean, I feel like this record, I went, I, I was... I've been gone for so long and I've put music out in over three years and this album took so long to make um, because of the way we made it and because of, you know, going through the pandemic and everything. It was, you know, I was back and forth from America. I did four, four quarantines. Um, we had, we sort of recorded it in, in chunks and, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I mean, I feel like my, you know, my core fans, whatever I do, they're going to enjoy it. Cause there's a, there's an essence of me that, that comes through all of these songs. And I'm just really telling my stories. And just this time I've, I've done it in a way where I've, you know, musically we've arranged the music, um, you know, we recorded it all live obviously. So it was, you know, it's a very different sounding record to, to life, which was my first album. Um, but I feel like they'll they'll almost be you know I almost kind of know that they're gonna love it because I just feel like I with this one I just got to go that extra bit that I never got to go before because I had a budget and I had you know a studio and I had incredible musicians so it's just sort of like to me this is just the first record but you know allowing me to sort of flex and put arrangements behind the songs and then not just be piano ballads which is essentially what the first album was. One hundred percent. I want to. I want to almost if you'll allow me to classify it as a bit of a passion project, I know that it was really important that some of these songs were kind of made in a certain way and arranged in a certain way and kind of were a true, um, true um, vision might not be the right word, but like a true embodiment of, of what you were wanting to do and say and, and be as an artist. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was just sort of where I was at in my life. Like I think I finished, you know, I finished a tour and that then the, COVID started and I went away and I sort of went through quite a dark stage, I guess. And I sort of was sort of questioning everything as to why I was still making music, you know, why, what kind of music I wanted to make moving forward. And, um, 
I just started writing these songs and I, I wasn't co-writing with anyone because obviously the world was shut down and, you know, you couldn't really get in the studios with people and, and collaborate like I had in the past. Um, so the only person that I was around was Adam McDougall, who, who co-wrote a lot of the stuff on the record, who played in the Black Crows. Um, and he was an incredible piano player. So we just sort of, I would just sort of, you know, started the whole process with him writing songs. We wrote um, about four, I think, out of the 12. Um, and then, yeah, it was just sort of, yeah, it was just kind of where I was at. You know, I'd finished performing a lot, performing a tour, and I just I came back and I was like, I want to make, I want to put that energy onto a record because I feel like with my voice since ever since I started in this industry, there's always been something that hasn't been able to be translated onto a CD and people would come and see my sh live show and they'd be like, wow, I, I love this kid. Um, but then they go listen to the to a record and they'd be disappointed almost um, because of the lack of energy that, you know, a, a pop, you know, I'd worked with all these big pop producers and it was like, you know, they triple stack my voice and before you know it, I sound like everybody else and it's just a clean pop song. Um, mm -hmm. And that was really important with this album, like cutting everything really raw and off the floor. And, you know, we, I would sing live with the, with the guys in the band, even if we had, you know, bleed coming back through the speakers just to get that energy. So it felt like, you know, I was really, you were really in the room with us. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know whether we have that pop hit on this album again, but for me, this was a record that I had to make. And I, and I think it's going to be an important one because it, no matter what comes after this, I feel like people are going to go back and listen to this album and be like, well, that was at least the truth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. For this record, you um, you mentioned Adam just a second ago, who, uh, as, as mentioned, played with the Black Crows. I think that you did have a bit of a, I want to say like assembled a bit of a crack team almost to, to help with this record. Um, Zane Carney, who's worked with or toured with John Mayer. Um, mm. Who else was there? Aidan Moore, who I think has worked with uh, one Justin Timberlake. When, you're, when you've worked out what sound you kind of want to have for this record and how you want to do it, what's the process in assembling a team that's going to help you create the record that you want to make, if that makes sense. I guess were these just mates you had in a in in your little black book, or um, it's kind of a bit of both. I mean, Adam, obviously, you know, we met because um, we were both going through some stuff at the same time, and and that's where we started writing. Um, but Zane, I had known previously, and once I once I had the songs, and, and I had met Proje, who's um, produced the album, um, and we were like, okay, cool, well, let's try and record it as live as possible that's when i was like okay cool well, who do i know that's the best players that i could possibly get to zane obviously as a guitarist i've known him for years um and like i used to you know like we used to watch videos of him when he was in his band carney and um me and my old guitarist used to just you know we just considered him the greatest guitarist in the world <laughs> so and i was lucky enough to know him and i sent him the songs and he was like dude i love this love the songs i'm in 100 percent um and then uh, I, the regiment who the his, who were the horns, um, he played all the horns on the record. I knew, he knew them, so then we brought them, and they obviously they played with Justin Timberlake, and they knew Aiden, um, and then Victor and Drizzo who played drums on the record. I had known he actually played on my EP a long time ago, and has played for everybody, um, but mainly now plays for Lannis Morissette. But just as a drummer, I've never ever been in a room with somebody that can play drums like that and just 
I mean, anybody who ever watches him play drums, it's just, it's insanity to watch. Um, his pocket is incredible. So before we know it, we had, you know, this, this all-star lineup of a band and then we went in and we just sort of started tracking it, but it was really amazing. Cause you know, some days we would just spend, we would always go in and try and arrange the songs and then the band would have a crack and we'd try and capture what we had live. But then, you know, we'd, we'd spend days where Zane would just, you know, play guitar for hours and hours and we would mess with <laughs> guitar sounds, we would have, you know, be changing the parts and be like, no, let's make it more, you know, like Cat Stevens here. And like, let's do, you know, although let's make it more stonesy. And we, and because we were recording in Jackson Brown studio, we also had access to all of Jackson's guitars and amps. So, I mean, I, I don't even think we were allowed to, but every now and then Jackson would pop his head <laughs> to the studio and, and he would be like, Oh, that sounds great. He's like, you know, um, maybe you should try this guitar on it. And he'd go next door to his warehouse and bring another guitar across that he thought would sound cool. And so, you know, the whole recording experience was, you know, it, a once in a lifetime thing for me, um, especially seeing I'd never done it. I, you know, my first album was not recorded. I didn't record the album. I just went around the world and wrote a bunch of songs with a bunch of people. I didn't really know. And, um, and then, you know, put all those songs on an album and that was that was it whereas this was like a project like you said so it's um and i think that's what i think that's what will come across on the album is that it, it's you know it's a body of work and it was recorded in in a with the same people in the same place and you know hopefully that still stands for something in this day and age <laughs> i think it definitely will and i just as a side note love that story about Jackson Brown just popping his head in and being like, oh, I know what what ne- what this track needs. So um, I feel like that there is almost a, what is it? Is it is it Blue-Eyed Soul? Like the, the, there's a, there is a feeling yeah, to this I think record. So. I mean, yeah, I think this record more than ever and like um, that was sort of the pitch, you know what I mean? Like but Blue-Eyed Soul, everything, everything came back to, um, you know, referencing um, – it, there's always a soul thread, I think, through anything that I do because I, I grew up singing that kind of music. And um, with all the horns on this album, that definitely, I feel like that gives it. And even the way that Rod Stewart used to incorporate soul into his music, it was, you know, it was like, it was rock and roll, but there was always a soulness to it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, what we wanted to do. That's, you know, we had a, we had a, essentially we had a, a playlist of, all of my favorite songs and um, all my favorite artists and, and um, you know, from Hall and Oates to Don Henley to um, Simply Red to, um, you know, the Rolling Stones, they were all big ref- references. And then each song just we would sort of, you know, cater to that song while still trying to keep it in this cohesive <laughs> thing that we were doing. Um, so, yeah. Do you, you've gotten to almost where I was going to jump to in a second was, yeah, some of the inspirations, I guess, were these artists or musicians records that you would listen to when you were younger, or when you first got into songwriting? I think they're more on a singing level. I think, um, it, you know, um, when I first started music, it was all about just singing and, and, and then, and then writing came pretty much directly after that. Um, but yeah, I think me and my manager, you know, we would always say we we call them grocery store records, and that was sort of like the elevator pitch for the album was like that we were trying to write songs that were classic songs that you would hear in a grocery store in fifty years time, um, 
I mean, it, there should be a playlist on Spotify called Grocery Store Records. I don't think there is, but I should make one. Um, but you know what I mean? It's those songs that, I mean, every breath you take, you know what I mean? Like um, songs that literally will never go, like um, Age of Innocence, um, you know, so that was sort of like, with every song we approached it like if it was a classic song but what was it? we weren't trying to you know do anything game changing with the production or do something thing we were just trying to write an iconic arrangement around a great song so the songs were always were already pretty much written on a piano or on a, on a guitar and the melody and the lyric was there so it was just more you know what's the part what's the you know what's the riff that's going to make it iconic or what's the drum feel that's going to make it give it give it its own thing. So I think you'll find that on all the, all the records. Like, you know, we put bagpipes on, on um, a song called Tell My Mama Lover. And we, um, you know, every song starts with, has its own sort of thing. Blood Sugar, which is a ballad on the album. We, you know, we, we recorded strings at Capitol Records for that. And that was sort of like our all by myself. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, that was sort of, yeah. I mean, so to answer your question, sorry, I kind of sidelined your question to answer your question. Yeah. That's, that is sort of what I grew up listening to and, 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 you know, classic songs were, were always on the radio and were always in the CD player. So anything from Michael Jackson to, um, you know, that whole Motown era, um, I, I grew up listening to a lot and then later on found rock and roll. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I feel like a number of these songs do kind of embody that classic songwriting that you're talking about and and wanting to achieve. I feel like the goal has been achieved. Um, I was hoping you might indulge me a little bit. I'm going to be a little bit selfish. We've spoken about the the horns throughout the record and um, one track, my favourite track on the record, was Slipping Away, which has some beautiful kind of light horns throughout it. I think Chef Kiss, for those people who can't see what I'm doing, it is a podcast. Um, would you mind just taking us through, I guess, the catalyst or the creation of that song or where it came from? That song, um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple on the record that have that 
I feel Sit in That Lane Ego and Slipping Away were, were two songs that I wrote um, at a similar time. And um, I just wanted, you know, I wanted that smoky New York City getting out of the the club at six in the morning, <laughs> to the bodega kind of thing um, song. And um, yeah, it just, it just, it started with just that really sexy piano part. And um, that's the thing, these, the horn, the regiment, the horn guys that came in, they're so incredible. And Projay, um, the producer of the album, he's so incredible at arranging the horns. Um, it was really all them. You know what I mean? I don't, I didn't really have, I would, I was just sitting there in awe in the control room because Projay was sort of directing them. And it was just, you'd watch this song go from like, I don't know, to, just this this groove and then those horns creep in and it's just like automatically sets the tone for the whole entire song and um you know uh yeah i think that the ego and slipping away specifically um you know the the horns just make that make that record it's it, it it's very reminiscent of um simply red obviously and um songs like you know, from that era where, uh, you know, they weren't shy to use the saxophone and obviously neither were we on this album. <laughs> well, look, I think that the, the the lack of shyness has definitely worked in its favour. It is a beautiful track, so thank you for letting me ask about it. Um, I know we've spoken a lot about the Sonics. I, I would just love to, and without going into great detail, obviously a lot has changed in your life since the last record. Uh, congratulations because you have become a a father since that last record so um yeah firstly congrats and i wonder how does that change your lyrical songwriting approach or, or inspiration wise how does it kind of well it's been interesting because obviously like, it's taken so long for this album to to uh, be finished and, and also even to come out you know um when memphis was i think my you know the majority of the songs are written when memphis uh, when I found out about Memphis, do you know what I mean? Like it was, it wasn't even, um, so he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, well, the songs aren't about him essentially, but now I'm sort of like, I feel like the next record is going to be all about him. So now I'm that <laughs> thoroughly in trenches with my, with my son. Um, so, um, but I think it's just really like, it's put, even with the whole releasing this, this album, it's just put a lot of things into perspective in, in my life and in um, my career and, the music industry is, su- is such a tough industry and, and I've been, um, been through it all pretty much and been signed to every major record that label there is. Um, and, you know, to still be here making music, it just, I guess having a kid has, has sort of put into a perspective, isn't it? Like it's not the, the be all and end all of life, which is what it's always felt like to me. It was like, you know, if, if it's not music, then I, I, it's not worth living. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I still feel that passion towards music, but I think having a kid has sort of made me realise that there's and that there's other things outside of music that will also put a smile on your face. So, um, of course, but I think that, um, yeah, I think that the next album is going to be, um, yeah, obviously, uh, uh, the probably <laughs> the subjects will definitely be changing um, uh, from what they were in the past. That, look, that's very fair and. We're, I'm not well, like going to start the next Wiggles or anything like that. But, <laughs> um, I just, I think, yeah, it's, it's funny. It, it definitely, it's, it obviously it changes everything, but it's just been, it's, it's this whole album recording. It has been a, 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 a 
whirlwind of a journey and and even being able to release it has been been a big journey as well just you know um dealing with all all that comes with that and and also um try you know trusting that and just being like okay well this is it and you know we're putting this out to the world now and however it is received you know there's a time when we were making it and it's like when you're making it and you're in the thick of it it's like shit this thing is so incredible like this is going to change my life you know what i mean um and then you know it's two two years later it comes out and you probably don't feel exactly the same as you do on that day that you you know i remember when we wrote precious in the studio and i remember listening back to precious and running around beverly hills in the afternoon um on, on a jog and and, and it, it, it blaring through my my headphones the demo of it and thinking like geez, I'm going to win a Grammy for this. You know what I mean? Like, uh, because it's just the excitement of the music and, and, uh, you know, now it's, it, it came out this week and I don't like, I don't have that pressure on the album anymore. You know what I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't expect it to, to do that. Um, like I did back then. It's just more like, I'm just so excited that, and I hope that whoever's listening to it feels the way I felt when I was running around on my jog, you know, two years ago, hearing it for the first time. Because, yeah, do you know what I mean by that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it, it is It is the, um, there's a certain electricity, I'd say, about like when you're creating music, composing, lyric writing, whatever it is, and that it, I think that even having listened to it the last week or so, um, that there is that electricity still in it. For yourself, it's probably two years removed from that. So you, we're probably... Um, as we've spoken to a number of artists about this, sometimes when you're speaking about this record, you've already got project number three, four and five lined up in your mind. So you might not be, yeah. (laughs) Like I'm already completely in next album mode. I haven't started it yet, but like I'm already thinking, okay, where are we going next? Um, And, you know, before, before this one's even done its thing. So I think uh, that's just a classic artist thing, isn't it? Just jumping, jumping ahead a little, but, um, but yeah. It's the reason why you're an artist. It's it's there's a there's a certain mentality to it, and and it, it no look, it is a beautiful album, and there is a lot of people excited about this. Um, Conrad, I know that I believe a, a a good handful of people got to see you play some shows in December, but can we expect to um to see a full blown tour in support of the record at some point this year? Yeah, def- definitely, and obviously the way that the album was recorded, you know, I really wanted to sort of take that on the road. Um, you know, have the horns and have the full band set up. Um, cause it just really, these show these songs just, um, that's how they, you know, that's how they were born. And it's just, um, it, you really got to see it with the whole band. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to be able to bring Zane and the, and the Victor and those kind of guys <laughs> out to Australia. Um, not unless this album, uh, does win a couple of Grammys. Maybe then we can have that conversation, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I we're definitely be announcing a tour um pretty shortly actually. Um I think they're looking we're looking around June, July, um, some dates in Australia and then um and then yeah, just you know, continuing to to um play as much as possible because that's sort of you know, that's where that's what I love doing the most. And then, you know, heading back to the States again um at the end of this year to start working on some new, new stuff. That's very exciting. And once, uh, sorry, when those dates are released, we'll make sure that we are promoting them on the podcast as well. Uh, do you have any kind of tips for when you're on the road in terms of uh, touring can sometimes be an extremely fun kind of endeavor. And sometimes it's a bit draining for those who 
are going out onto the road for the first time in this kind of odd post-COVID landscape. Do you have any yeah, any recommendations or tips for how to do well on touring? Um, I think it, I think in this day and age, I think it's 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 crazy hard at the moment, um, especially in this country, touring. Um, you know, and not being a, an, an international, like, you know, domestically and being a domestic artist, it's it's hard to sell tickets these days. And I think, the, um, you know, there's so many people touring, um, internationals touring and um, so much competition. It's just like, for me, I'm just grateful that, I, that I'm that i selling tickets and that, you know, whether that's 300 or 500 people in a room, it's, for me, it's just be grateful. You know what I mean? Like there's people, that's the definition of success to me is that people are buying tickets to come see your show. Um, whether you're selling records or not, um, that's really like the proof is in the pudding. People are coming, paying $50 to come and see you. And they're standing, they're standing there waiting in line. Like it doesn't get much better than that. Um, and, it, and I think that every, sh- the beautiful thing about touring and the beautiful thing about playing music live is every show is different. So, you know, don't hold on to a bad show. I would say if it, one night something can go terribly wrong and the next night it can go perfect and it's never going to be the same every night. Um, that's the beauty of it. And um, just enjoy that. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. That's the buzz. You know what I mean? That's the that's the high, not knowing what the hell's going to happen or what the crowd's going to be like. <laughs> just sort of live in that moment because, um, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about, I think. 100%. I think that's the, especially that point about not every night is the same night. I think that's a very... Um, good point that sometimes gets lost if if you are having a difficult run of it. Um, Conrad, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that is on high rotation for yourself? What am I currently listening to? Um, I kind of, I mean, I have a playlist that I just sort of, it's it's called Conrad's Album Inspos and um, it's, it's a long running, in, <laughs> it's a playlist that, is has been added to for the last eight years, but um, you know what? Funnily enough, I um, I recently started giving um, I've, I've been listening to this Prince live album a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I've been listening, which is just um, it's called uh, what is it called? Um, I'll see if I can find it because it's definitely worth listening to for anybody who hasn't. Um, it's live. From one live from one night alone, the one night alone tour. Um, okay, the new power generation. So the tour was two thousand and two. So it's just a live recording of Prince, which is which I listen to a lot. And then um, I've actually started listening to um, uh, Adele a lot for mm-hmm. some reason. I know that sounds like something that every like why doesn't everybody <laughs> been there done that? But I've never really like given. Obviously, I know all the, you know all the big songs, but like for for, for some reason, the last couple of weeks, I just did a dig a deep dive into Adele, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of magic when you go back and listen to to those albums, where and you know there were just the arrangements, and it's just all about her voice, and I think it's just something powerful about that. Um, so yeah, that's that. Those are the latest things I've been listening to. Um, oh, I also love this song by this guy, Medium. Is it Medium Build? He has this cracking song. This is my tip for the for the great lyric in this song. It's called "Give Me Back, uh, Give Me Back My Soul." Medium Build. I've not heard that, but I will definitely be looking it up. Great lyric. Um, 
after our chat. <laughs> um, also, two very solid picks, and I think um, there's there is nothing wrong with uh, coming to an artist in your own time, if that kind of makes sense regarding yeah. Adele. Yeah, I think and it's like it's rare that you can. Uh, maybe it's because she makes albums. And like Bruno does, and, you know, there's certain few artists these days that still continue to just put out a body of work. Mm. Um, and she's, the you know, the queen of that, I guess. And, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't given the new album. I obviously, you know, I heard the, the, big, the big singles, but I hadn't li- listened to it from start to finish. And she's so vulnerable on that album, uh, the most recent one. It's something really beautiful about that. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's never, never too late to find... <laughs> it i recently I, I we won't go too much further into adele but i only recently in my own time checked out or came to the music of the red hot chili peppers after years of kind of not believing the hype okay, well, time and was like okay yeah it it just sometimes it takes less hype for you to yeah. process it in your own way there's a reason why everyone's hype you know what i mean like it's usually there's a reason why people think it's great and that's what that's the cool thing is that People, um, people know what they're talking about when it comes to music. You know, <laughs> can't lie when it comes to music. Exactly. Yeah, that's what's exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> Conrad, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. I do appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. Congrats on the new album, Precious. It is out now. All the details are in the show notes for people to go listen to. But yeah, once again, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Heath, man. I appreciate it. <laughs>